West College Hockey Podcast from the Summer Skate Studios is brought to you by Liberty University. Bring your faith and your game to the premier ACHAM1 program on the East Coast. See us at liberty.edu. M-Drive, honest ingredients, real science. Take our quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which of our products are right for you. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. With Caesars Rewards, members can enjoy rates as low dollars a room. UNLV Hockey. Follow the Skate and Rebels Championship run all season long. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Drury Inns and Suites. Travel happy again. Book your room at one of our over 150 locations at druryhotels.com. University of Oklahoma Hockey. Big school, big dreams. For schedules and tickets, go to ouhockey.net. AT&T Wireless, where both new and existing customers always get our best deals. University of Arizona Hockey. Be part of building not just a championship culture, but the future. Visit arizonawildcathockey.org. Summer Skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at summerskates.com and show your game in comfort and style. University of Central Oklahoma, a top-ranked education and an elite college hockey experience. For more information, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. We are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. San Diego State Hockey, sun, sand, and hockey, as well as a top-flight education at sdsu.edu and sdsuhockey.com. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right, welcome in, hockey fans, to another Wednesday night episode of the Great West College Hockey Podcast. We are going just a little bit late tonight for good reason. I made a... uh, a little flight today from Denver to uh, beautiful Maricopa, Arizona, and I lie on that because it's cold, it's uh, rainy, it's uh, overcast, it was a bumpy ride in, and I left 72 and sunny in Denver, Colorado today. Scott Strandy with you here at the beautiful Harris property in Maricopa, Arizona. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh from that beautiful, vibrant, I'm sure, wonderful city of Las Vegas, Nevada. You got that right. <laughs> Every all of it, all of it's right. All of, D, all of the above. Okay, there's one. There was one thing that wasn't right. That was the game that you had to witness last night. Yeah, if you're a San Diego Goals fan, that would that was a a good game. But uh, but if yeah, if you're a Henderson Silver Knights fan, uh, it what was the heck happened? It was not a fun game to watch. Uh, they got some problems right now. They got to figure out, and uh, we'll see what happens on this next road trip. But they, they, it's gut check time for them because uh, that game last night was probably about the worst I've ever seen them play. It was, oh, it was not goodness. a, it was not a good performance. Goodness. And, and, and Coach Viveros to... uh, was, he said as much. He said that was an embarrassment, basically, at his post game press conference yesterday. So, well, we're gonna get to ACHA in just a minute. But while you were there. I was uh, in Loveland at the beautiful Budweiser Event Center. Stephen, they had military appreciation uh, night last night. And I didn't take nearly enough videos or enough pictures be- to do it justice. But they had a 21-gun salute in the building. Have you ever had that before? <laughs> Can't say that I have. That doesn't seem like it would be safe. But <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, that shocked me. They had a, a huge American flag that covered about half of the ice surface that they had uh, veterans uh, holding and waving, which was really cool. I did get a video of that. They had um, some Army National Guard guys, I think, from um, the uh, um, Fort Collins, maybe, or Loveland area. Um, They repelled down from the rafters and delivered the puck uh, at center ice for the opening faceoff. It was, they they did a super job, an unbelievable job. And then... uh, John Luke Foodie got the the uh, game winner um, midway through, or yeah, about midway through, I suppose, the third period, and that was it. Three two, the uh, Colorado Eagles beat the uh, Texas Stars. So, a couple of college guys that I was able to see that I hadn't seen in a while: Riley Tufty, uh, Bulldog, uh, playing for the Stars, and Will Butcher playing defense from 
for the stars as well from the University of Denver. So uh, it was kind of fun. And I had a chance to visit with my buddy Jason Megna afterwards and Coach Cronin. And um, then I then I went home and I got up at uh, I got got packed up by about 1231 in the morning, woke back up at 545, drove down to Colorado Springs, had breakfast with the coach of the Colorado College Tigers. Jealous yet? Oh, <laughs> well, hey, you know, as 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 another another guy on another podcast that's with you that uh, says it's good to be the uh, the king. <laughs> so uh, then, here's where things turned bad for the king because I drove back up to uh, return my rental car, and my car had been sitting at the rental car place for a month. And when I went to start it, the battery was dead and wouldn't start, so I had to get it. <laughs> had to get it jump started to go got that done and then raced up to the university of denver to do their media day and had a chance to visit with a couple of players and coach carl there then uh, raced back home and got uh, an uber to take me to the airport i did all this Stephen, and got on my plane on time at 3 10 p.m in denver and got out here just a little bit late but by the time they got the bags delivered i'm here we're doing a show it would have been even more spectacular had you did all of that and we were still able to start the podcast on time. But Yeah, shush up. <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't your fault. That was, uh, I'm guessing, Southwest Airlines' fault. with the. Well, we had a full flight, and I'll tell you, not only did we have a full flight, but we had 23 wheelchair people. And uh, it took a long time to get loaded. It took a long time to get unloaded. And um, by the time they got the bags out, it, it just – it, it just wasn't going to work to make it at 7.30. Although I did walk in here at 7.28 into my room, so I could have possibly pulled it off, but that was a little bit even too much for me. <laughs> too much for you, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, last week I made a big deal about ranting about the uh, ACHA men's rankings. Before you do that, I do want to mention – uh, you mentioned the Silver Knights. I did see uh, a couple of UNLV players that had a table there, I'm guessing promoting their team and probably promoting their, their game that they're going to have at the, the Dollar Loan Center next week when they take on the University of Alaska Anchorage. Um, I didn't know who they – I didn't really interact with them. I didn't know who they who they were, weren't ones I recognized. Um, you know, there's a lot of them on the, on the team now that I'm – since I'm not me too, <laughs> that I don't know, and I'm not around the team as much, maybe as much as I once was. So some of the guys, I'm not sure who they were, but uh, but I did see a couple people. Cool. Uh, they had a table there, and it looked like people could stop by there and probably learn more about the program. And I'm guessing promote their game coming up at the Dollar Loan Center uh, next week. So uh, so that was cool to, to see that. Uh, I guess I should have stopped and said hello and introduced myself. But are you talking about the number one team in ACHA hockey? <laughs> yes, that's why I was leading into okay. that because okay. you're okay. going to get into about the rankings. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the rankings came out. I ranted on them as I usually do. Um, things evened out. They look a little better to me um, right now than they did last week. Um, Coach Berman, who's going to be our guest here in a few minutes, had a lot to do with that because uh, his team did what I thought they were going to do and, and win two games against the number two team in the country, who now is the number seven team, which I still think is a bit high, but much better than being the number two team in the country. Yeah, I think we're seeing it a little uh, even out a little bit. Uh, I think it'll take a few weeks, and and we'll see how some of these uh, results shake out, and and you know, and everything will kind of even. For I me, mean, right now, the teams that are at the top, I think, are the ones that should be there. You know, they should be three or four or five. I don't know, but um, yeah, I mean, and and, and teams that. I had a good weekend. They they moved up, and some teams moved down as they start to get more losses and stuff. And, and Oregon's not in there anymore, so that that's that's good because that didn't make sense to me. So somehow they <laughs> somehow they bounced out. They played a I think they played exhibition. I don't know. They played a a Canadian school, so I don't know. I guess it was not a. It's obviously not a ACHA game, but obviously they they bounced out of that. So. Um, well, in about 25. six minutes, we're going to bring on the head coach from the Arizona Wildcats, whose team went from number twenty-five to number twelve. I guess that's, that's what that's a big jump. That's a big jump. <laughs> that's a big jump for them. They're number twelve now. Yeah, yeah, and that's probably where they should be. And coach will tell us. We talked a little bit, uh, um, obviously off uh, off air, about his team and you know he reiterated it's not an excuse but let's be realistic you know what his team must go through to get ice time and it takes them a while they're they're slow starters and 
they they didn't shy away from that this year. As you know, they went out and played Michigan Dearborn and Adrian on the road early, even though they didn't have the practice time that they wanted. And they're and they've done some... and they've done that in the past too. They've 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 played more road games in the early part of the schedule, probably out of they they need to do that because of the availability that they don't have have. Yeah. But uh, so it's good to get some of those games out of the way or get them under your belt early and, and kind of go through the, the turbulent times of the start of the season. But they've actually, the last few games for them have been pretty pretty decent. Obviously, you mentioned the sweep over Arizona State and then the trip to Michigan went pretty pretty decently as well, even though they, they lost two of the games. One was an overtime loss, one was to Adrian, and then they won one. So I'll, I'll set you up with a question for Coach that I won't ask him, but you can. Ask him if Adrian's any good. I'm pretty sure I know how the answer that answer is going to go, but it will make for good podcasts. So, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you got to ask him. Um, and anyway, he's going to Colorado State this weekend, and he was telling me that they were having a hard time finding a bus. And I'm going like, oh my goodness, Chad, if you're flying to Denver, and we're supposed to get snow in Denver starting early morning tomorrow, and um, you know how far the airport is away from anything in Denver. Now they're going to bring it up to, he's got to go to Fort Collins. So let's not wait any longer because he just joined us. The head coach of the number 12 team in the country right now, Chad Berman from the University of Arizona is joining us. Chad Scott and Stephen with you. How are you tonight? Good. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, you sound great. Um, great. Now I got to tell you, I just flew in about two hours ago. And just got to my hotel, and nobody told me I needed a parka here in shorts in Denver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, welcome back. Uh, and guess what? You're going to that great state of Colorado. Well, we're getting snow tonight, Chad. After oh. uh, after midnight, I'm told snow is going to hit. And I, I joked with uh, David Carl today because he's taking his pioneers to Grand Forks where they're going to have blizzard conditions this weekend. Oh, boy. <laughs> Did you find yeah. a bus? Let's start with that. Did you find a bus for the guy? We we did find a bus, so uh, one one less stressor to worry about. <laughs> okay, before you came on, Stephen and I were talking about the new rankings, and I said, as bad as I rank as I uh, got on the rankings last week, I'm a little bit happier this week. They look a little bit more normal to me, if you will. And I know um, you don't have to defend it because I know uh, it's a it's a computer ranking that does what it does, and it always by the end of the year we all agree. It turns out great. But as I told you off air, Chad, the one thing that that frustrates me is that I started this company to grow the game. Right. And I know you guys understand it. And I think the players understand it. But every time these rankings come out early in the year, my email, my text messages, everything blows up because parents don't understand it. Sponsors don't understand it. They're going like, how can this be? You know, and. To me, as a marketing person and a media person, I look at that side of it and I go, hey, ACHA, if you want to grow, if you want to get better, you got to figure out a way to at least make these look a little better early in the year because your parents, your sponsors, uh, th they don't understand it. And and we need to make them understand it. At least that's my opinion. Yeah, I've always kind of been in favor of at least until the computers enough time to get a data um having a small committee that could put it together. I, I think there's a handful of people you could find that are uh, hopefully unbiased, obviously. Um, but have watched enough of the games to have an idea. Um, you know, at the end of the day, like if you win games, you move up. So um, I'm really not somebody who worries about ranking till February. It's, uh, you know, we, we, we dug ourselves a hole um, early uh, just by struggling to get our game going. And, and we're happy to say we feel like we've kind of gotten those things in order and, um, certainly we're hoping to build off last weekend. All right. I'm, I promise I'm going to let Steven ask a question too, but I want to ask you about the parody. You and I talked off, uh, off air about this, but just the parody in your league, there's no doubt in my mind, Chad, you have the best conference in all of ACHA D1 hockey right now. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's uh, I mean, there's no off weekend. Every, every team we play is a grind and, um, you know, one of our challenges right now is coming off of beating, obviously, our rivals at home in a big emotional game. Um, now we got to hit the road, hit the elevation, and go play a very tough Colorado State team that's playing, you know, really good hockey. And I've, I've been there a bunch. It's a hard place to win. Um, so certainly we've got our handful. Um, it really doesn't matter who you play in our conference. If you're, if you're not going, 
especially on the road, um, you're not going to win. It's uh, there are no gimmies in this league. It's really it's gotten to be an impressive conference. All right, Stephen. <laughs> All right, so let let's start with this one. Uh, you guys obviously just came off a pair of wins against. Uh, your your rivals Arizona State and, and obviously we've talked about the rankings and, and and why it may not matter too much now they were at number two whether we believe that they should be or not was a different discussion but they that's where they were positioned number two so it had to feel I mean it's always nice I'm sure to beat ASU obviously there's a lot at stake with the Cactus Cup and everything but the fact that they were number two and you took them down twice that had to be that had to be like an extra boost to say hey we beat the number quote unquote two team in the <laughs> ACHA. Season with these kinds of things, it's you know, like it doesn't matter if it's a thumb war. We want to beat ASU. It's it's really not hard for us to get up for those games. Um, you know, it's kind of the opportunity to say who's the best team in the state. And um, you know, I would think I speak for both teams when I say that Cactus Cup means a lot. And um, you know, we want to make sure that stays here. And we understand how how much improved ASU is, and certainly we saw it this weekend. Um, and and so you know. It, it, for us, it really it doesn't matter if we were if playing knee hockey or kickball against <laughs> ASU. We were going to be ready to go. And and it was an impressive weekend. So impressive that I understand you got doused with a little water in the, uh, in the <laughs> video afterwards too. So tell everybody that hasn't seen that on Twitter what you guys did to uh, to Biv and yourself. Yeah, I think well, I think Biv set me up a bit too. It took me a couple of days to register. This. So they do this thing where you know if there's a shutout, especially they'll wait because the the player of the game will have a you know an interview post game and he'll come in last. And I should have known better because I can't, I was waiting for Biv to get back in and the door was shut and I sh- that should have been the all I needed to know. And Biv says, "Well, I got my gloves on. Can you open that?" So I'm pretty sure he set me up and certainly I got sprayed. And then, you know, immediately realized I better get out of the way and uh, let them enjoy their moment. That, that's much deserved. Go ahead, Stephen. Okay. Yeah. We want, I want to ask you about your, your recent trip to uh, Michigan because we know we talked at the beginning of the season how that was going to be an important uh, three games for you guys. And, you know, a tough three games for you guys early in the season going there. Yeah. And you, you guys, I think, fared pretty good out of that. You were 1-1-1 one, one, and one in three games. Um so I guess overall your 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 experience with that trip and and how that went and then the second part of that would be is how good is Adrian? <laughs> yeah, I, I said yeah. Up. yeah that. Scott told me to ask you that because sure. Guess... <laughs> so um, first part was a really successful trip. I'm from Michigan. It was fun for me to go home. My my parents were able to go to the games. Um, I have not seen a fall Michigan in like nine years, so that was that was cool for me. Um, you know, growing up in that and being used to that. Um, you know, the first two games, we, we really felt like we should have taken both against Dearborn. We kind of let that one get away. Um, it was a frustrating game for us. No disrespect to Dearborn. They're a good team there, especially that 47 West. He's a pretty impressive player. Um, really enjoyed that trip. Uh, it was a nice campus, you know, just, just different part of the country for my guys to see and campuses. And, um, you know, Dearborn was very hospitable and, um, really enjoyed that trip um, and felt like we played pretty well. And, you know, we've been kind of slowly trying to gear this thing up. And that was kind of the start of us starting some identity to our game, um, which was encouraging. Um, obviously, then I set my team up intentionally uh, and stacked against uh, the deck against them. Um, you know, going into Adrian on a three and three. Basically, the logic was wanting to simulate a national tournament scenario where if you're going to, you know, being a frozen four, you're probably going to play a team like Adrian on a three and three. Um, you know, how do we respond to that? And most importantly, my guys needed to see what that was like. Um, and I wanted all of the everything possible challenging them to happen. So the three and three on the road, that's a really tough building to play in. Um, they've got a nice vocal section there above your bench. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, Gary runs an unbelievable program. It's a very structured team. They're big, they're fast. Um, I was extremely, extremely impressed with that team. Um, and at the same time, I was very impressed with how my team stood up to the fight with the stack against them. They, uh, you know, they came out blazing. I mean, firing after us. I talked a little bit with Liberty about kind of their experience. And one thing they said was buckle up the first 10 minutes because they just unleash on you. Um, (laughs) You know, and, and he wasn't kidding. Um, you know, we, we took 25 shots the first period. We were able to hold on for only one goal. And I hate to say it, but that one goal is my fault. I was slow on a change. I felt terrible to start my team off that way. 
Um, but in saying that, the shots then by period went 25 to 10 to 4. Um, I'm incredibly proud of my group on a 3-3 three and three on the road at Adrian. Uh, to keep a team like that to four shots in the third period under those circumstances, I think says a lot about our group. I doubt we'll see any team do that against them this year. They're very explosive. Um, I think it says a lot. You know, we, we hung in there tight. We were 3-1 until about 10 minutes left, uh, and then a couple of mistakes cost us. Um, but that's what you want. You want to pay for those mistakes. You want to experience the margin for error against teams like that. That's the whole point of our preparation. Um, I think we paid for it from a fatigue standpoint, to be honest with you, the next weekend um, playing against Utah. We were just kind of underwater the entire week. No excuse that, you know, you got to learn to travel in this league. Um, and to be honest with you, I think um, we dealt with that against ASU. I don't think they were real sharp last weekend. And I think a lot of that had to do, they were a little worn out from the old uh, <laughs> midnight madness there in, in Vegas. Yeah, yeah they, 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 they had quite a uh, quite a, a strenuous week in the – and then they had to yeah. play – they played the midnight uh, game uh, the Thursday into the Friday, and then they played a Saturday afternoon game. Oh, yes. I watched, yeah. <laughs> when I was blacked out, I watched. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, uh, the the UNLV stream had a, a, some issues, I guess, in the yeah, they did, the, yeah, the game, but they got it fixed up. Yeah, but yeah, so they so ASU is, ASU's off to a good start, but then they've they've kind of had a little bit of a hiccup. You guys are kind of now on had a little bit of a hiccup, but now you guys are kind of well, finding you know, your stride. So, you, honestly, the whole conference is off to a good start. It's very yeah. interesting watching because when you look around the conference. It's like everybody's good, you know, and it's not just something you say anymore. Everybody's legitimately good. And what you're seeing is the home teams are winning right now. You're the only team really in our conference to go on the road and have some success, I would say, would be Utah at Grand Canyon. But they they struggled at ASU, you know, and then they took care of business at home. It just seems like home ice is really going to matter in this conference. Um, You know, I know UNLV's gone on the road, had some success early here, but um, it just, you know, that's how tight it is. I mean, it's just, it's hard to win and it's hard to win on the road. And that's how it should be in a good conference. Well, but UNLV has, has been on the road, but they, they haven't really been in the road for uh, ACHAs. I mean, they beat Central Oklahoma after they had the sure. game with Denver, but the, the, the Utah games were at home. The the Arizona State wins were both at home. They're in, on the road this week. So this will kind of be their first, I guess their first kind of true. Where do they have this weekend? I think they're. I think while you guys are in Fort Collins, they're in Boulder. They're taking on the bus. Okay. Yep. So I mean, you know, we'll see. I hope they didn't the, take your and, bus. And the and the Buffs yeah, are not. and the and the Buffaloes are better, but you know they they kind of got the uh, you know Central Oklahoma kind of put them down on their uh, put them down a little bit. You know? Yeah, I think they <laughs> brought saw them back a, to earth a little bit. I think they saw a pretty grumpy UCO team, which is not the kind of version you want to see. So <laughs> no, no. So let me let me ask you this, Chad. Um, when you look at the at the rankings, and I see John Hogan's team at nine three and zero, and they're down nineteen, and and I've seen them play. Uh, I watched them beat UCO at UCO to start the season. I'm going like, how can you be nine three and zero, beat UCO on their home ice, and you're number nineteen in the country? Yeah, well, so <laughs> funny you bring that up. So. This is the only reason rankings rankings matter to me this time of year is because every Thanksgiving, um, my family spends it with the Hogan family up here in uh, in Tucson. And last year we went golfing and he was ranked ahead of me. And I probably <laughs> brought it up 13 or 14 times out of bitterness. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, the only reason the rankings matter is when we start breaking turkey legs, I want to be ahead of him. Uh, so I don't have to go through that again. Um, you know, I, Mary, Maryville's got a great team. They started off hot with UCO there. Um, you know, they've got a couple top 10 wins, a very impressive win against a very impressive Ohio team. Um, you know, I think they're kind of going through what every program goes through. There's just no way around it. Um, it's not a linear line to success. You don't just shoot to the top. That's not how it goes. It takes some setbacks, some learning curve. And I think they're going through that. Um, but I do think they're trending in the right direction. And that's really all that matters this time of year. I've been really impressed with John and the staff there and, and everything they've done to build that program. Um, so I don't think they w- they sweat the rankings too much either. Either at the end of the day, if you win more games, you'll move up. And if you don't, um, then what are you complaining about? Yeah, good point. Okay, I also want to ask you this, because part of the reason I'm out here is not only to see NCAA and AHL games, but um, Alaska Anchorage playing two games against Arizona State that count in NCAA status. But then they're going to make the trip up to Vegas and they're going to play UNLV midweek and, and follow that up with Liberty 
on Wednesday, Thursday night. Your thoughts on the teams, because I know you guys were hoping that you were going to get an exhibition against an NCAA team, too, and it just didn't really work out this year. But um, are you excited about that, to see the kind of intermixing? Because I know the NCAA coaches have told me they like it. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, it, our, we are going to push back our um, NCAA uh, Division One game to next October, so there will be an announcement about that. Um, I think, you know, at the end of the day, if that's what they think is best for their programs, more power to them. Obviously, we want to see them do well and, and represent our conference at a high level, and, and certainly they have, uh, you know, to have as many highly ranked teams as we do in this conference, and obviously that starts with UNLV and um, uh, and seeing ASU and UNLV, and, and if they're going to play other other not only other divisions as far as NCAA, but other conferences, you know, we want to represent. I want to see my conference um, continue to show and, and shove our weight around and, and show you know how dominant we are because I I think it's a really impressive conference. So um, certainly wish them all the best of luck and hope they do well, and um, we'll see them when we see them. All right, Stephen. All right, so let me let me ask you about your your. You mentioned you guys are in uh, Colorado State this weekend, and 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 we're talking again about how good this this conference is. Colorado State's another team that that's improved, and I believe they're right now yeah. sitting in the top twenty five. So, what have you as you've been preparing for these games with Colorado State? What are you preparing for to to see with them, and and how to how to counteract what they will, what they will be, the matchup wise between you and, and them that they're building. They're a hard-nosed team to play. They work really hard. And I, I think that sounds like a scapegoat a lot of times when coaches say that because, you know, every, everybody works hard. It's kind of like when you're in an interview. Well, I'm a hard worker. Okay, great. Um, but with this team, that's just what it feels like. They're kind of relentless. It doesn't matter the score. They're going to come at you and come at you in waves, um, you know, especially at home. It's a, it's a, They're definitely better at home like most teams in our league are. Um, and part of it's fighting the altitude, you know, the first five, ten minutes or whatever it takes to get through that. Um, but they, they play a very simple, hard-nosed game. Um, I don't think they're going to do anything. The fool you or trick you. Um, but they're going to out-hunk coming off one. And um, that's really been something in general we've been emphasizing in our improvement. Um, there's plenty of structure talk, but we've really been emphasizing just winning puck battles. I think, I think the Utah weekend was a wake-up for us. We got out battled quite often, so we're emphasizing cutting the gloves and getting inside and um, not settling on the outside if, you, if you're F2. And um, I think that was the biggest, one of the bigger boosts for us last weekend. So, um, you know, we, we're going to have to build off that. Just doing that uh, last weekend at that level is not going to be enough. We're going on the road. It's going to have to be better. Um, and so we're prepared for that challenge. I'm, I'm expecting a constant small area game up in Colorado. Okay, so let me ask you this about your team in particular. Uh, goaltending again is a strength. You got a great coach that was a former goaltender working with you now. How important has he been to uh, to your team? Well, yeah, I mean, he's such a cerebral hockey player as it was. I mean, he was always just barking and thinking the game. I think I swear he's called like five, six, too many men from the crease. He was always just <laughs> fully engaged. I was always impressed with the way he thought the game. So to have him kind of on our side, I'm sure he's a little um, seeing things differently as well on, on how things work on the other side of the door. Um, but it's been incredible just to get insight, second opinions, bounce thoughts, even if it's something I already know I want to do. Sometimes just speaking out loud helps. Um, but, uh, you know, I thought last weekend he did a great job. We rolled seven D just because we're so deep on D. We've got to use all seven guys. They're too important to us. Um, and he did a great job of managing that. That's not an easy thing to do and to get used to. Um, and obviously when it comes to goaltenders, you know, it could be the simplest things as, you know, what'd you see, how they look, or just, Hey, if you weren't starting today, how would you want to be told? And when would you want to be told things like that? It's really unique to get a perspective from a goalie. And, um, and certainly I value all the insight and certain the time he puts in. And, um, I know the guys love having him there. He's been a huge asset and certainly, uh, welcome help for myself and, uh, having someone else to talk to. Oh, I can only imagine what it's like to have another coach with you. I don't know how you did it for uh, for most of last year, but um, great to have Anthony uh, Sherrill with you on the uh, on the bench. And the only thing I worry about, Chad, is the last time you brought a former player on, I think, was John Hogan. Uh -huh. Hogan starts another program and immediately right. starts taking your turkey legs. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That, I'm I'm bearing down this turkey like this year. I'm telling you. <laughs> so, so don't let Cheryl disappear somewhere yeah. and, and 
start another program and challenge you, or, or maybe you like that. Maybe you like to have that coaching tree. Yeah, may, maybe. I mean, I certainly enjoy developing people, whether it be hockey players or anything beyond in life. And hopefully we can give a, a great experience for him in that. And I mean, he's busy as all heck with pharmaceutical school and everything that goes with that. So I, I don't really know how he has the time. Um, I think beyond him having interest in coaching, I think it's been a nice kind of release valve for him to take a break and take his mind off something else. And um, again, just certainly love having him around. And, and now, and, and is he like, is he truly in the trenches with me? He goes on all the, the road trips and everything with you. He's, he's on, he goes with you everywhere that you guys know he, he's doing home games doing only. Home games. Okay. Uh, and then he'll do like maybe like one or two practices a week. Okay. Okay, so we're building, and speaking of building, I want to ask you for an update on the building because uh, we had Lindsay Ellis on uh, about a month ago, and she said one of the big things she was excited about was she definitively said, we're going to get to play Arizona uh, in 2025. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say 2024 probably is, is more likely. We've got this year and two more years in the TCC. Um, and then we'll be in the new place. You know, everything's moving forward. I believe we're meeting with the develop here in the next week. Um, and excited for that. And, um, you know, not a ton of new news other than it's still coming. It's just, you know, it takes time to get the paperwork in through the county and the city. And um, obviously steel manufacturing is a different kind of challenge. So looking forward <laughs> to seeing that shovel in the ground someday. Yeah, I absolutely hear you. <clears throat> so, as you prepare for that, I know you guys are doing your crowdfunding and, and things like that. And when we talked about that off air too, but um, uh, how, how, how many teams do you want? What's ideal for the University of Arizona and ACHA hockey in the, in the near future? Well, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think to start adding a second men's team and a men's one team is a great place to start. We're going to have three sheets of ice. Um, you know, and if, and if we're able to grow and go beyond that, that's great. I'm not sure we've thought, you know, past the next shelf of let's get this thing up and running, you know, and that's what we're committed to doing. Even, um, even with the women's team, you know, even with the arena being pushed back the extra year, um, we're going to commit to our word to starting the women's team. So, um, in a couple of years here, that last year in the TCC, we, we plan to have a women's team in there. It's going to be a difficult challenge. Um, but we want to get that thing started and get the ball rolling and start that process. You know, we've talked about this a million times and I'll, I'll bring it up a million and one, but, um, how much is it going to change your program to have your own building? And I'm not trying to badmouth the TCC at all. I'm just trying to say I am. how important is it going to be to when you can bring guys in, show them your facility, uh, practice, schedule practice when you want them, uh, all of those things. It's going to be a game changer, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've got a great facility now. It's great to you know still play in front of a six, 7,000-seat arena and have our own locker room. Um, you know, I don't think we're always treated very well in our given situation and circumstances to be, to be uh, frank with you. Um, and so that's frustrating. I, I wish it was more of a partnership. Um, but at the end of the day, we, we make the most of our scenario and our situation. And, um, you know, to have practice consistently, like, you know, we're, we're, there was a Judas Priest concert and uh, 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 forget the other one. But, uh, you know, we didn't have practice this week. Like that's... Uh, my challenge to going up to, to Colorado was significant enough. We've got to overcome that as well, and that's just part of the process. Um, but to, to have practice consistently, to have our own branding, to have our own building, to have a place that kids can go skate and see our logo and know that we're the pillars and leaders of the community in terms of um, you know paving the way to actually growing the game instead of talking about it, we're providing more arts time, providing more opportunities, providing more connections throughout the community. Um, that's really what excites us. So we can't wait to get started with that. All right, Stephen, you got one. Well, let me ask you about some of the, your your players that you know that have on your team this year. I mean, you you some of the guys that are leading the scoring are not surprises. Jesse Lowe, Brody Selman, who have been with you guys. Um, any surprises among your roster of somebody that that maybe is over exceeded your expectations or somebody that you brought in that you've seen play that's like whoa, we really really got a steal of a deal with this person. I, not, not really. I mean, I'd like to believe I'm pretty thorough in my recruiting, so I know quite a bit about the guys before they come. Obviously, you know, when you see them in person, it can change, and how it fits in the group can feel different. 
Um, there's really, I would, I would say there's none of my recruits have disappointed me and, and none of them have blown me away per se, other than only because I expected so much of this group. Um, you know, we've got a lot of pieces to, that uh, we're adding that brings something very dynamically different. Like I, I, I'm not like UNLV or Adrian where I could just take the best possible 12, 15 forwards. I have to think in pieces. Um, it's a different recruiting scenario. And so we really, we try to look for guys who fit roles and within the puzzle piece. Um, and I'm really happy to say, you know, all of them from Seppi and, and Nett and, um, you know, Walker bringing the playmaking. I could go down the list. Uh, we just recently added Dominic Sandoval, uh, who's a kid who played in the North American League. He's been a kid who I think is only going to get better as he continues to stay on the ice. Um, and quite honestly, this weekend, we, for the first time, got one of our recruits that I was most excited about, or, or one of the most excited about, I should say. Um, and Eddie Slack, he just he had a hard start with a, some, some injury problems and things going on. And um, we had a hard time getting started. And so he didn't actually get in until this weekend. And it was a real... Um, breath of fresh air he was a nice boost to the law to the roster he changes our dynamic adds some things we need he's a he's a 200 foot player guy you can use in any scenario um size and speed just not not much not to like about him um and so you know we kind of feel like the pieces now honestly are just now kind of coming together and part of that's later ice than everybody else and so you know our deliberate process starts a little later and you can't you can't rush it as much as you'd like to you just got to kind of go through things to get to that growth point um and, and the other part is i think you know we're starting to kind of come together and gel a little bit and um guys are falling into their roles and identities and, and so uh, you know last week weekend felt like a good spark um you know and i think the question for us now is do we want to have a good weekend or a good season hopefully we learn from those things that we did so well and we build on it let me ask you this, Chad, because I ask a lot of my NCAA coaches this. Um, we know what the, the portal did in NCAA hockey, and we know what the extra year did. And it, it happened in ACHA, too. But are you seeing a different talent pool since the pandemic? Um, yes and no. Um, geez, I mean, there's like three or four forwards I could, we could take right now. I'm, I'm just kind of being particular about what we add to our group. I would say in the portal sense, and I would say this from a sense of disappointment, is it's disappointing. Like, I understand it's NCAA D3. Guys have got to win. They've got resumes. I'm just disappointed in the amount of over-recruiting and just having kids who you have no intention of playing and then those kids having to scramble and figure it out. Um, that's been obvious. There's a heck of a lot of transfer players type available. Um, you know, and so it's a little disappointing. I think COVID plays a role in that. Um, I just think being up front with kids and like, you know, it, it happens, but not to the degree it's happening now, in my opinion. Um, and so that's been probably the biggest thing that stood out to me. Certainly it gives you more dynamic and options. I mean, I feel like I've talked to more D3 type guys looking to transfer than I have ever before. And you kind of see it on the, all these teams. Honestly, when you look through their rosters, it's become pretty common. And uh, as part of it's the bottleneck of COVID, and I think part of it is just uh, maybe not doing the right thing by players. All right, let me let me follow up a little bit on that too with getting back to the uh, WCHL and, and what that brings is um, your famous line that you always tell me is uh, a high tide rises all ships. And how, in your words, has this conference grown to what it is? Because you look at what Oklahoma's doing. I went out there um, right away to start the season because I wanted to see what their program was doing. And I was extremely proud of what they did, Chad, because – they were had their building taken away, <laughs> basically, and they were told if you want to continue your program, you got to go play um, in Edmond in UCO's building, knowing that that place is the wrong color for you and everything else. But but they just looked the other way, and I, I thought about your program right away, and I thought, man, if there's a team that that should really strive to to follow you, it should be Oklahoma. So, in your words, what? What do you think is driving this success? Is it truly the fact that all teams are getting better and everybody's trying to compete? No question. And I, I really do think it's a rising tide races all ships. Um, I think, you know, you look at all these, these uh, programs and for the most part, most of the staffs, you know, they've been pretty steady. Um, and we see each other a lot. You know, when we see a guy, you know, top end players going to ULV and top end players going to UCO and UCO, you know, going to a frozen four and, um, you know, like 
you just become the target when you take the lead in this conference. And so everybody gears up. You can see it in the way ASU prioritized their defense and recruiting. And um, Utah added another layer of depth. Uh, you know, everybody is kind of going home, resetting and ultra competitive and saying, how do I become the best? And when you've got a lot of teams all becoming the best, it creates a, quite a bottleneck. Uh, and to be honest, really great hockey. Um, it's been This year has been a lot of fun. It's It's been more noticeable this year than any other year as far as the consistency of play. Um, just very impressed across the board at all these programs and the jobs they're doing. And I can't tell you how much I enjoy being a part of the ACHA. I can't tell you how much I enjoy being a part of the WCHL. Really fortunate to have Chris Perry as our commissioner. He does an excellent job. Um, I really enjoy getting to know the coaches around the league. I, I genuinely like almost all the guys um, and learn from them and pick their brains and kind of understand what they go through and different ideas. And um, I just have the utmost respect for this league. It's been an honor to be in it this long, and hopefully uh, we can continue for a while here. All right, Stephen, I got to get one more in on this one because uh, I know – Chad, that you and uh, and Lyndon would bumped heads many times, <laughs> and uh, and their program was unbelievable. But um, are you at all surprised when I tell you that they're number thirty nine in the NCAA pairwise, and that they've and I, we had we had Coach Zombo on uh, the podcast on Monday night, and I said, you know, uh, Coach, what I'm most impressed is you brought some of the guys that played on your ACHA team, and they're making a difference. I'm talking about a kid like Ryan Finnegan. And I'm talking about uh, like a Trent Burnham, the goaltender, um, and Jeffers. There's a, there's a number of guys, but are you? Does that excite you for the ACHA to know that a team can make that jump and be that competitive that quickly? Uh, well, I would say I bumped heads with with Lyndon. When I have tremendous respect for Rick Zombo, and and actually I'll talk to him on occasion and pick his brain. Uh, you could ask him for the time of day and learn something about hockey. It's really incredible talking to that guy. <clears throat> I would say where I bumped heads with anybody in this league is I definitely have a frustration um, where the le- the rules are different just because a team may be or wanting to go Division One, and therefore um, how their recruiting process goes is different than anyone else in the league. Um, I think it needs to be a fair grab for the national tournament. It shouldn't be assumed before the season starts just based on a different set of rules. Um, that's where any of my frustration would come in. Because um, to me, this league's too good for it to be cheated. Um, you know, let's let's let the, the guys battle it out fair and square. Um, it, 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 it certainly is exciting. I mean, I was back when I was at RMU, Illinois. I played, I think, the last game against Penn State. It was in a. It was back when in the national tournament, if you lost, you had to play a consolation game. And we played them in the consolation game, which was just a mess. Any consolation game you ever played, yeah. I'm glad got rid of those. Um, but I got to go through it with Penn State, ASU, um, and now Lindenwood. And it doesn't surprise me to see the people who are in charge lead these things to higher levels. Uh, you know, Greg's done an incredible job. I'm not surprised. I'm surprised Rick's done it so quickly. And I think if you honestly asked him, he probably would be too. Um, but man, that guy is an offensive minded genius. Um, he makes me feel dumb when I talk hockey with him, to be honest. And that's why I try to do it as much as I can when I can. Um, but which has always been ironic to me because he was a gritty, rugged defenseman, and now he's behind the bench and he's just all offense. And, and we've got the puck; that's our defense. Um, but uh, certainly not surprised he's going to have success. The guy's had success pretty much everywhere he's he's uh, he's coached. So all the other things aside, you know, to see an ACHA team take that step and to have success um, again to me, it just shows it represents our our league at the highest level, and um, you know, like the talent in here. Unless you've seen it, I don't think people realize how good this league is. It's, uh, you know, I'll get a transfer, like I said to you before, in D3 every now and then. One of the first things I said is don't take it lightly coming here. You better come in shape. You're not, you know, ice time is not going to be handed to you. And usually that guy, or every now and then, you'll have a guy who didn't really believe you. And, and it's a, an eye opener. It's, uh, the league's too good. There's, Teams are full of, of the top players, whether it be USHL, you know, BCHL, North American League. It's all over the place, and they're starting to choose the bigger school experiences out west. Um, and I get it because I am the most jealous person of my players on planet Earth. They have got it good. <laughs> how much is it? How much does it like bother you a little bit still that you didn't get a chance to play him last year in the tournament? Because uh, you know, had you beaten Michigan Dearborn, you would have been able to play Lindenwood and had a chance to get one crack at them. Uh, 
uh, to see how that might have went. Yeah, I definitely wanted to crack it. I would be lying if I didn't say I was terrified by the challenge. Uh, I mean, that team was incredible, the, the, the pace they played at. Um, you know, I don't know if I had the answers, but I certainly spent a whole month preparing for game two in case we got there. Okay, I, I want to ask you this too, because part of the culture change uh, with Lindenwood was the fact that they had uh, a new athletic director come in. And we, we ran a, a little series in the NCAA level where we wanted to talk about um, or talk to the administrators. And we had Jason Coomer on, who just basically told us he crossed the river from where he was in Illinois. He said, I just go a different direction now. But one of the things, Chad, that he told me was, he goes, when I took over this job, I, I told all the guys, including our hockey guys, that we're not interested in being um, guests at the dinner table. We we want to be, uh, we want to win. And if you don't want to win every single night, we don't use it as a crutch or anything like that. Um, I think that culture change is something that's happening with them. And I think it's happening around the AC and even all of college hockey. Yeah, I think there's a big difference between wanting to win and expecting to win. And that's, um, you know, I think that's part of the hump uh, in, in the process, like kind of just touching back in the Maryville conversation. That's really the, that's the next step for them. And it's, look, it's hard to be consistently good. Um, but the best team doesn't win it. The most consistent team does. You, you've got to beat everybody. You can't drop the games you shouldn't. And you got to take some you should, shouldn't have won. Um, you know, and you better be able to win on the road. And to do those things, you've got to be very, very consistent. Um, I think consistency is exactly the thing that drives us coaches nuts because we consistently strive for improvement. We're people who are wired to find and fix things. And sometimes when you're doing that, you try maybe get ahead of yourself and try to anticipate fixes. And it becomes an absolute mind mess um, instead of just going through the process like you teach your players. Um, but that's just kind of the nature of the business, man. All right. Let you go on this one. Uh, definitely have safe travels getting to Colorado and uh, go, go do some work up there, right? Get, let's get a couple of uh, road wins to back up those two beautiful home wins you had uh, last weekend. We always appreciate having you on and we appreciate your insight. So safe travels and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. That's the head coach from the University of Arizona, Chad Berman, joining us. Stephen and I are going to be back in just a couple of minutes to talk about more ranking stuff, including the women's rankings that came out. We'll be back shortly. So you're a few weeks into the season, and that brand-new equipment bag is starting to get kind of funky. Those sweaty gloves and pads, yuck. Well, there's only so much you can do about it. But when that new pair of summer skates starts to pick up that scent, that's easy. Our customizable shower shoes go right into the washing machine, then air dry overnight, and they're ready for their next shift at the rink. Customizable for your team or with your favorite player's name and number, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear, are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house. Head to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today. Play at the premier ACHA D1 men's program on the East Coast and prepare yourself for life and career at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Sellout crowds, top competition, and championship aspirations await you on our picturesque campus with state-of-the-art facilities, gifted faculty, and over 700 programs of study to help you make an impact on and off the ice as well as your community training as a champion for Christ. Your faith in yourself and your beliefs are equally as strong. See if Liberty Hockey and Liberty University is right for you. Visit us at liberty.edu. Oklahoma Sooners Hockey, celebrating 20 years of big hits, 20 years of big saves, and 20 years of big goals. Go to ouhockey.net and get your season or single-game tickets to see the Sooners take on national powers, Minot State, Missouri State, and, of course, rival Central Oklahoma. Single-game tickets are just $10 apiece, while OU students and staff are free with their ID. Youth hockey players are also free if they wear their jerseys. 20 years of Oklahoma Sooners hockey, the action you crave, only faster. 
When you put on that Central Oklahoma Broncos jersey, you represent the championship culture on the ice and in the classroom. Two-time ACHA M1 National Champions, four-time WCHL Champions, and named a Best in the West College by U.S. News and World Report, UCO hits all of the benchmarks for an elite college hockey experience. Our Edmond, Oklahoma campus, which is just minutes from downtown Oklahoma City, has over 100 areas of study and over 200 student organizations to help you find your fit. Whether it's our stunning 210-acre campus or our NCAA-level hockey environment, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com and see if Oklahoma's Metropolitan University is for you. Summer Skate Studios. This is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Hello, fans. My name is Hunter Mazzillo, and I'm number 26 for the UNLV Skating Rebels, and you're listening to the Great West College Hockey Podcast. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. Indeed, it is Wednesday night. It's time for the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Just had a great guest on, the head coach from the University of Arizona, Chad Berman, joining us. Scott Strandy with you tonight from Maricopa, Arizona, and a beautiful Harris property here. Stephen Marsh, my longtime co-host, joining me from that vibrant city of Las Vegas, um, where everything's good, he tells me, except if you watch the Henderson Silver Knights last night. <laughs> Yeah, everything is everything's going well here. Uh, the the NHL club is doing quite well. They're not in town right now. They've been on the road, but they are uh, they are doing quite well. And this AHL team's the opposite end of the spectrum. And the uh, ACHA team here is doing pretty good. And and uh, we have another big week of hockey here coming up uh, after we had a big weekend. We had a few weekends ago, a couple weekends ago. So it's uh. Yeah, we we'll just we we'll just move along here in uh, in Las Vegas. We had some rain yesterday, but uh, was, but that's all cleared out today. So, of course, because it's a vibrant, beautiful city. <laughs> yes, very vibrant, very okay. vibrant. Um, before we end the show tonight, we got to talk a little bit about the uh, the women's ACHA W one rankings that came out. You brought them up to me, so you take it away. Yes, yeah, so Liberty is number one. They are the defending champs. They are they are number one. Uh, you've got Minots, uh, Adrian at number two, uh, Indiana Tech number three, Midland number three, Minot State uh, or Midland's number four, excuse me. Uh, Minot State's number five, Michigan six, Miami seven, Arizona State is at number eight, uh, University uh, Massachusetts UMass number nine, and Michigan Dearborn at ten, with uh, Maryville eleven, Grand Canyon twelve, McKendree. 13, uh, Concordia and Arbor 14, and Lindenwood at 15. Okay, has Liberty ever not been the number one team? <laughs> well, let's see. That yeah, they are. They so are the number good. one. Well, <laughs> yes, there have been a total of nine schools that have won the ACHA Women's uh, Division One National Championship. Uh, St. Cloud State has done it one time, Wisconsin two times, Michigan State two times, Robert Morris four times, Lindenwood four times. Northeastern Minnesota each have one. Miami three times. Liberty five times. And I think that's like the last that might be the last five years in a row. Yeah. That team is dominant. <laughs> it's it's, dominant. A, it's a great program. I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing their men's team come out uh, to that vibrant city of Las Vegas and, and play some games too. I think that's going to be a lot of fun seeing the, the NCAA and the ACHA match up again. You heard it from Chad. His team's going to play an ACHA. I can almost guess. We can't say it officially, but you can almost guess who it's going to be next October. And um, uh, if they had played them this October, I think two things would have happened. Um, I think Chad's team would have gotten off to a better start. And I think the team that they were going to play would have benefited from playing a game before they went on the road to play four in a row at the next level of NCAA hockey. So I think it's important. I think if you ask the NCAA coaches and the ACHA coaches, they'll both tell you that they both get something out of this. Right. I mean, we saw what that did for UNLV, their first game of the the season. They went to Denver and and played at at Magnus there at the University of Denver and 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 they lost ten nothing, sure. But I think they some people would say that's my my second home, Stephen. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you have a lot of second homes. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Budweiser Event Center is becoming a, yeah. a second home to you too. Yeah, and and uh, where Air Force plays and where Colorado College is at. And <laughs> and now you're getting kind of cozy with Mullet. Mullet Arena. Yeah. 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 You just got to grow out your hair a little bit for that one. <laughs> <laughs> or just pick up one of the, the giveaway the Coyotes get, gave away in their first game where everybody got the hat and the mullet there. <laughs> okay. All <laughs> Anyways, right. But, uh, but no, I, I think it's it's it, it helped UNLV. I'm sure, you know, they, they were already going to have a probably a pretty good season, but having your first game against, uh, you know, if there's any rust or whatever, first game against a, an NCAA opponent like that is certainly good. I think Denver benefited from it because it kind of helped them kind of, you know, even though, even though I remember talking to the, the coach after that game and he's, you know, he wasn't, they didn't play a perfect game. So it was good that they were able to have that opportunity to work out some things on a, on an opponent like that before they, they got into their tough schedule because, uh, University of Denver has a, had a tough schedule uh, at that point coming up to start their season, and, and they still have. So it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, and then if you're talking about Arizona, it, it does help that you have an NCAA program now in the same general vicinity, a couple hours a couple hours away. So um, I think we all f- probably know the reason maybe if that's the team, which maybe it will be, I, <laughs> if that's the team they were going to play the exhibition with, uh, I think the obviously reason maybe why it didn't work out this year was because the uh, the building wasn't quite ready yet. But now you know it's all fully ready, operational, and and uh, you know with every how busy that building is becoming, Mullet Arena. I think they'll be able to to get uh, get a game in with the next year. So. Yep, and uh, you know that's that's one of the questions I wanted to ask him was um, how does he feel about that? And I think he was pretty honest with this. He said he kind of likes it. Um, and, and when you watch what Lindenwood is doing, and you saw Lindenwood up close and personal in the national championship last year, um, if I ask you, Stephen, would you have been shocked if I told you that they're number 39 in the pairwise out of what, 63 or 64 teams in NCAA hockey? They have, Stephen, they have top five of the top 50 scorers in NCAA hockey, and they've played the toughest schedule in NCAA hockey. Well, I'll tell you what the, I'll tell you what that does. It it really uh, it really shows how good uh, it really puts the ACHA on a positive uh, light because here you have a team that was playing primary, you know, was playing at the ACHA level. Now, granted, they were already making preparations, thinking in their mind that they were going to that next level. So some of the the players they had gotten were already been. Of course, Chad was kind of hinting at that. There was another team here that we follow closely that kind of doing that a little bit but <laughs> but we, well you have to though but you I have mean, to if that's what you, you have yeah to. you yeah. have to yeah but anyway so yeah so they they had a really dominant uh acha season got roughed up in some games that they played against nca opponents but they uh they came to the tournament and, and won and and now they're at the nca level and and yeah i mean they they are uh the, they're not rolling over for sure i mean they are they are becoming quite a tough tough uh a tough out for a lot of teams and as you said they and you and you guys know you and paul know more following it more closely i I've, i'm so tied up in other things but they they've won some games you know and they're and they're in games and and uh Steven, you know, they didn't just win some games they swept at army last weekend yeah <laughs> that is a hard task and, and the fact that team you have. and the fact that they're what 30 or something out of 60 some team right 39 in the pairwise that that says a lot because you know they a lot of times people probably thought the they would probably be at the bottom at, you know, at the oh, bottom of the, you would think so naturally. I mean, it's a tough task, but um, they, they well, just don't, they don't take no for an answer. But uh, Rick Zombo is a, uh, is a, is a whole nother. <laughs> he's a, he, he, yeah, he, by the way, he, I softened him up for you now. So the next time you want to go talk to him, it'll be fine. Well, that, <laughs> he left the ACHA. So that's, uh, I, you know, that they don't, that's what I tell people. I said, if you guys don't want talk with me anymore you leave to go to the ncaa <laughs> that's why they're growing so fast yes good stuff that's what we told nick too i said you know you, you want to get rid of me you can go to the ncaa and uh you know he said they don't want to get rid of me but uh they might want to secretly <laughs> anyway another great show another great guest um we got more hockey next week is going to be really fun because i'll be there to see liberty uh, play Anchorage and UNLV play Anchorage. I already, and, uh, I already envision next week we'll be, uh, we might be, we'll probably do the 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 podcast early. I would imagine, and, and I think we'll try to get both coaches. How's and that I think, sound? Or maybe, and I think we're, I think we're going to be doing it at the Dollar Loan Center. So maybe, that, so that will be uh, that's exciting. How you envision it. That's how it's going to be. I don't know if uh, 
well, we have people around us, so not like they do college game day or something, but <laughs> who knows? But, get one of those big mascot heads on you, perfect. Yeah, I could either put on a, a sea wolf or the uh, well, you know, if he doesn't have a mascot anymore, I guess. So, <laughs> you know, so that hey, Reb might be somewhere that you can get, <laughs> yeah, might be, might be on a good clearance uh, shelf somewhere <laughs> deep in the school or somewhere. All right, take it away. I'm tired. Okay, before I do that, let me mention one thing. Uh, this I saw this come out on uh, eight, uh, Channel 8 News here lo- locally, and this involves uh, Bark andre Furry, unfortunately, has fallen ill. He's 14 years old, believe it or not, and, uh, of course, he became a, a, a big celebrity with uh, being named after Mark andre Fleury when, with, with the Golden Knights at the time. And uh, so I'll mention a little bit of this. It's so it's a, This was a post on social media that, the, uh, that they've posted about Bark andre but um, they noticed... The first week in November that they noticed he was having difficulty moving around and seemed to be hesitant to climb stairs. The uh, 14-year-old was bumping into furniture and appeared to have gone blind. And after eye tests uh, revealed cataracts, his blood work showed elevated sugar levels and possible liver complications. Uh, so Bark Andre's owners let his fans know that an insulin regimen was going to be started to help control his blood sugar levels and included an article from uh, animal hospitals that explained diabetes, uh, mellitus in dogs, and how insulin treatments can help. And then in two, two, after two weeks, he's expected to return to the vet for additional testing, determine if the issue is, in fact, diabetes-related or could be something more serious. So uh, people are, are leaving their well wishes. So we, we wish uh, Bark Andre uh, a, a recovery, but, you know, 14 years old, so he's, uh, he's, he's still hanging in there, and, uh, and hopefully he'll have a few more years left in him. But... Uh, but uh, some sad news there, but hopefully, uh, and yeah, of course, Bark, Bark Andre is so well loved. I, I remember I, I've, I've gotten a picture with him. He was at a, I think it was a UNLV game one time. And, uh, and uh, so I, I, he was such a, uh, he's such a popular thing. And of course he does mention this too, that of course he was named after Mark Andre Fleury, of course, known throughout the Las Vegas Valley for years as a sports loving therapy dog and an ambassador at the uh, Tyler Robinson foundation, a foundation started by Las Vegas uh, band, Imagine Dragons and Tyler's family uh, to help battle the unseen costs of uh, childhood cancer. So, um, yeah, and let's not forget he does have a younger brother, Deke, that's making his uh, <laughs> his uh, run at it as well. So, yeah, our thoughts and prayers with uh, with Rick, his owner, and uh, of course Mark Andre. So, thanks for bringing that up. I did not know that. I've been traveling and well, that just that part of it. So, well, that I just came, that. that just came down a little while ago, I guess. I don't know where the post post was. I didn't see that, but uh, that that came down on. On eight news now, so you know it's a big deal because uh, Channel Eight. I got an alert on my phone about it and everything about about Bark Andre. So you uh, just shows you how popular he he is here in the in the last. Well, Vegas, of course, uh, and of course we lost Ovi, um, the uh, the bulldog, uh, with the Capitals not long ago, a uh, year year and a half ago. So, and they were uh, they were two pretty tight dogs that made a big difference in the hockey world. So, yep. thanks for bringing it up. Take it away, my friend. From the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast was brought to you by the University of Arizona, ACHA D1 Hockey, a rich history, past, present, and future. By Summer Skates, whether you choose our original red, a custom logo, or our new black shower shoes, show off your game with style at summerskates.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, no one does entertainment destinations better. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey, and a world-class education in any of our 300 majors. By M-Drive, real people, real results. Try M-Drive Boost to look and feel your best. The University of Oklahoma, celebrating 20 years of Sooner Hockey, the action you crave only faster. For ticket information and more, go to ouhockey.net. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas and 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Be it a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs, this is barbecue, Las Vegas style. San Diego State University, 200 undergraduate programs and the top college hockey in California at sdsuhockey.com and sdsu.edu. Drurian and Suites, our quality and value have earned us 16 straight J.D. Power Awards Book your stay at DruryHotels.com. Liberty University. Strengthen your faith, your game, and your education at Liberty.edu. AT&T. Get more with Unlimited your way. Get the perfect plan for each member of your family. Central Oklahoma University. Championship culture on the ice and in the classroom. 
See if Oklahoma's Metropolitan University is for you at uco.edu or ucohockey.com. The Great West College Hockey Podcast and all the Ice Time Hockey West podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend, and I appreciate you battling through that cold. So get rid of that before I see you in person next week, because I don't want any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's still it's still it's still lingering. It's still still doing a little bit of cough and stuff, but but it, it's uh it should be better soon. All right, um, that's it for tonight, folks. We'll say good night with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Good night, everybody. We'll talk to you next week from the Dollar Loan Center. Uh, absolutely.